Hello and welcome once again to Nightlight. The various storms of life are something we all experience as part of being alive. But over the past couple of years, we've had to endure new kinds of storms such as we've never experienced before. Whatever kind of storm that you're facing in your life right now or will face in the future, I know that this timely teaching from David Karan will be as much of a comfort, strength, and guiding light to you as it has been to me, and will help you make it through the storm. Inspiring you to dig deeper into God's Word, you're listening to Nightlight. I can almost bet you that anyone who's listening to this right now is facing some sort of a storm in their life. Yes. I mean, their storms come in different ways. They have different shapes. They have different sizes. They have, you know, different ways of doing it. Like even just regular storms, you know, you have the lightning storms, electrical storms, heavy storms, tropical storms. Then you have like hurricanes, typhoons, mm. things everywhere. And so while you may not be facing like a big life shattering crisis at the moment, you know, you are probably going through something that is, you know, a storm for you. It's something that you're going through, or maybe you are facing that. But I think that um, this story from the Bible, when the disciples face their own storm, it gives us a good template for how to go about facing the storms that life does throw our way. So that whether you're going through one right now, or whether, you know, one is soon to be on the horizon because that's just life. Life has its ups and downs and it has its difficulties. And it's the nature of being alive. You know, if you're if you even look at a heart meter, it's always going up and down. The reason it's going up and down is because that shows that there's life. And the only place in the world that I know where there is, you know, no problems, that's the graveyard. You know, they're <laughs> dead. <laughs> they have they have nothing left. As long as you're breathing, you're going to have difficulties. And I mean, that's biblical. The Bible says in this world, you will have tribulation. But it says, be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. Mm -hmm. And so I think that reading the story together and studying it will kind of give us a good platform and a template for how we can individually face the storms of our life. And thank the Lord that these things are written in the Bible for our benefit. They are written for our instruction. And from then we can find, you know, clues that we can apply to our own life. So let's turn to Mark chapter four. And Mark, by the way, is a very interesting one of the gospels. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, Mark was actually written by Peter. Really? But Peter was an illiterate fisherman, and so he spoke it, and it was written down by scribe. So um, the book of Mark was actually uh, dictated by Peter. How do we know that? Uh, that was actually, it was, it was um, chronicled by one of Peter's disciples later. And that particular fact is multiplied in a bunch of different books, including mm. Eusebius's record of all the church writings. Mm -hmm. And so it's a well-known fact that it was actually Peter who put it together and did it. And it was done within five to ten years of the death of Jesus. Wow. And so this is from Peter's yes. own personal experience. Interesting. So you know that it's not just it's not just Luke compiling the writings, mm -hmm. but it's actual the guy who was sitting there in the boat mm -hmm. who knew it. So let's let's jump over to Mark chapter four, verse thirty-five, starting with verse thirty-five. Yes. And the same day, when evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him just as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. All right, so they've just finished a long day of preaching. 
Jesus has been teaching from morning to night. The disciples have been there from morning to night. I mean, if you read the chapters before that, these are some pretty major, major things that Jesus has been talking about. And it was a pretty solid day. I mean, by the end of it, you can imagine that all these guys were completely wiped out. Right. And you can just imagine how these guys are here. They're speaking to thousands of people. Jesus is doing miracles. They're doing healings. And by the end of it, everyone's just like, they're all beat. And they're like, mm-hmm. I just want to get home. I want to get in my boat. I want to go <laughs> past the other side. And I want to go to sleep. And when I get to sleep, you know, then we'll start a new day. It's at this point of exhaustion mm-hmm. that the storm hits. Mm-hmm. You know, the storms of life, they they hit us. Mm-hmm. You know, when we least expect it. Yes. You know, they don't wait to say, okay, when is life going good for you? Now let's start doing it. No. Sometimes at your worst moment when you think that, you know, I can't handle anything more, they come up. Mm. Storms happen unexpectedly. They are always there. They are always getting in our way. And so I guess that's one thing that we can always count on is that there it will be unpredictable and it will sometimes happen at the moments when we are at our lowest. But let's keep reading and see what happens. And he was in the rear of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said unto him, Teacher, care you not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. All right. So, so here's what's been going, going on. There's a massive storm going on. The disciples are freaking out. They're beating around and they're going a bit crazy and saying, oh, what's over there? And then they remember, wait, where's Jesus? He's in the boat. This is not the time that Jesus was over there walking on water and away there. This wasn't the time when he said to the disciples, go back and I'll join you along the way. Hmm. No, Jesus was there in the boat with them. That's something that we really have to remember when it comes to facing our obstacles in life and when we face life storms. Because a lot of the time, we forget that the Lord is actually there with us and that he's promised to never leave us nor forsake us and that he's promised to always be with us and he's promised to always carry us and he's promised to always get us through. And the Bible says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with thee and the rivers, they will not overflow thee. When you pass through the fire, you will not be burned, neither shall flame kindle upon you. Why? Because you're special? No, because the Lord is there with you. But it's sometimes with all the panic that comes in our ways and everything that life throws at us, we forget that very simple fact that he is there. And it says in the, in the verse, it says that the waves beat on the ship, that the ship was full of water. And then they went and woke up Jesus. So what's happening? It takes a while for a ship to fill up with water. Mm-hmm. So these guys are running around hither, dither, and yon, yelling and screaming and trying to pump out the water and desperately trying Mm -hmm. to row. And only when they're at the end of their rope do they turn around and say, hey, Jesus, wait, where is he? Oh, he's asleep. Uh Go get him. We need his help. They've been fighting it on their own for a while. And I think it's a good lesson for us to take away is that, you know, what's that called? Jesus is there. Right. And Jesus will be there with us. And Jesus will show us how to fight the battle. And Jesus will help us to overcome it. But... You have to go and get him. You have to acknowledge his presence. You have to get him involved with it. Otherwise, it's you fighting in your own strength. It's you trying to pump the water out on your own. It's you trying to desperately fight against you know, the elements when you realize that the man who controls the elements and the one who eventually stops the storm is sitting there in the boat with you. Bringing you peace in the midst of the storm. You're listening to Nightlight. Thank you.
Okay, so I just just want to draw your attention back to verse thirty-eight. And he was in the rear of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him, and said unto him, Teacher, care you not that we perish? Wow. So what is Jesus doing? He's in the ship. They were all fighting and frantic for their life. What is Jesus doing? He's asleep. Oh, what a guy! How 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 can you sleep? When the storm is going on, how can you sleep when things are raining around you? I mean, that that's that's terrible pressure. That, it shows how, how tired he was. Yes, it shows how tired he is. But I think it shows something else. I think it shows faith and confidence. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he was so assured in the fact that, you know, I'm doing my father's will. I'm my father's child. Nothing can stop me. Nothing can hurt me. Nothing can derail me because of God's will. And so even though I'm in the midst of the storm, I'm going to trust. I'm going to sleep. And it's it's something that it's it's a practice you build up over time. I remember uh, when we were uh, when we moved close to the airport a few years ago back in India. And the first couple of days when you're there, the airplanes come flying over and they're really, really loud. And the first couple of days, as soon as you hear one, you like jump out of bed and you run around, you know, just completely shocked because you, you know, you, you're not used to this, either that sound being so close. But after a while, after you've heard it for a few days or a few weeks, you eventually tune out the sound. And then so much so that even when the airplanes are flying by, you don't even notice, you know, you can sleep right through them. Mm-hmm. But someone new comes into the house and they come across it and they're like, whoa, <laughs> you know, that's that's crazy. What a, what a, what a terrible bunch of noise. You know, how do, how do you sleep through that? <laughs> and I think that's pretty much what's going on with Jesus here because Jesus has been experiencing God's power. He knows what God is capable of doing. He's seen it before. He's seen God through come through for him. When he's, you know, when he's prayed to God, God's raised the dead. When he's laid hand on people, people have been healed. He's seen God's power at work. And so for him, his confidence is completely in the Lord's power. And so when he's facing the storm, he's able to lie down and go to sleep because mm-hmm. he knows that God's power is there and it's going to get me through. And I don't have to be worried about it. I don't have to be up there and fighting it. I have to just relax and trust and know that everything's going to be okay. But that comes from experiencing the Lord. That comes from trusting him during the good times. That comes from from trying the Lord's will. Mm. From walking in that anointing. That comes from always, you know, putting your faith to the test in small ways. So that way when you see God come through, it gives you more faith for the other times. Because nothing grows your faith more than seeing prayer answered. Nothing grows your faith more than seeing God come through. The Bible says faith comes by hearing the word of God. And when you hear the word of God, you put it to test and it comes through. God does the miracle. It gives you so much more confidence to go and claim it again and to go claim it again after that. And because Jesus has seen this come through so many times, he's seen his father come through for him. He knows that he's his father's beloved son and he knows that nothing is going to happen to him outside the will of God. He's asleep and he's trusting. While the other guys are going absolutely crazy. You know, the Bible says, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in you. You know, the Bible says that peace that passes all understanding will keep your mind and heart safe. It doesn't matter if everything outside you is beyond your understanding. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where everything outside of you is just absolutely going crazy. It doesn't matter where everything you see is telling you that, you know, this is the end. That doesn't have to enter your heart. Because the peace of God does not depend on outside circumstances. The Bible says that peace is a fruit of the Spirit. If the Spirit is within you, which it is, 
and you are trusting in the Lord, that fruit will manifest and you can have that peace, that peace that you can't find anywhere else. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. It's not peace that can be found anywhere in this mm -hmm. world because it's peace that comes directly from me. And that is the peace that Jesus has at this particular moment. And he's able to sleep and he's able to, you know, be at full trust, even though his disciples are absolutely losing it outside. Even the night can be bright when you switch on your nightlight. All right, let's get, let's read verse 38 and 39. And he was in the rear of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said unto him, Teacher, care you not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. Hmm. And there was a great calm. Amazing. So, they come up to him and they're like, hey, come on, Jesus, you know, can you please, please, please come and help us? You know, don't you care that we're perishing? What are they asking him to do? Jesus, take a bucket. Come pump out the water also. <laughs> Why are you sleeping when we're all working? Come on, get involved with this. You know, sometimes we try so hard in our own strength and sometimes we think that the way God wants to come through is in our own frail limitations because mm. we can only see with our five senses. We can only see, you know, within the dimensions that we are in. But, you know, God is far beyond that. You know, God is all-knowing. God sees the beginning from the end. God sees everything around. And at this particular point, you know, what God wanted to do was actually stop the storm. Mm. But they're not thinking oh, Jesus is stopping the storm. They're thinking, Jesus, hey, you can pump a lot faster than us. More hands make light work. Come on, get the bucket, start getting the water out of the thing. Because they're thinking with their own carnal senses. Jesus, come on, we need more hands to do it. And what does Jesus do? Jesus goes and blows their mind. Jesus does something else that they never expected. He gets up there and he just says, hey, calm down. And what happens? Immediately, there's immediate calm. And like you were saying a few minutes earlier, I think that's absolutely correct. You know, it's an absolute miracle. Not only does the wind calm down, but like you said, it would take a few hours for the water to stop being choppy. But no, completely flat as well. Everything stops. But see, that power was there all along. Jesus would have done it all along. And Jesus did it in a way that was beyond their understanding. They wanted God to fill it, fulfill it in this way. But Jesus did it in the way that he knew was best. You know, sometimes we, we know the way that we think we know that God, please solve my problems this way. Because if we do it this way, then I'll be happy. Or this is the way that I need it most. And then God comes and does something that's completely different. And we're like, what, 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 why, where did that come from? But then when you go back and look on it, you see that the way God did it was so much more incredible than the way that we, if he had come through in our own particular way. And that's because God knows more than anything that we know. And God understands. And God doesn't always answer the specific requests, but he does answer the need. And while the request was, hey, Jesus, get the water out. What was the need? They need their lives to be saved. And the way that Jesus did it was by stopping the storm altogether. You know, sometimes we come to the Lord and the illustration I like to use is of a little kid, you know, who wants to play with firecrackers. Now, we all know that firecrackers are not good for little kids to play with because they have no understanding and they can end up, you know, burning themselves or causing serious bodily harm to anyone around them or even damage a property. But this kid comes and he's like, Daddy, I want firecrackers. What's the parent going to do? The parent, you know, if he tells his child, no, I'm not going to give you firecrackers, the child's not going to understand. He's like, you know, my dad doesn't love me because he did not answer the way I wanted to. But what does the parent do? He looks at it and he says, okay, I understand that what you're saying is you're bored. You want to do something. 
And so, while I'm not giving you firecrackers, I'm going to give you something else to do that's going to make you even more happy and you'll have more fun than as if you were playing the firecrackers. So he understands the request, but he sees beyond the quest to the need. What is it that he actually needs? And then he fulfills that need. Mm. And later on, what the child sees is that he's even happier because the need was met rather than his own specific request because a child has very limited understanding compared to the understanding of the parent. And that's the way God answers us sometimes. Sometimes we see we, we pray with our own limited understanding. But what God does, God does be, goes beyond that and sees what is the need that we are really asking for. And then he responds based on that need. And when you look back on that, I can look at many aspects in my life, many times where I prayed for a certain thing. I did not get it, but the Lord answered in some other way. And I look back and I say, oh, thank God that you answered in that way. Because had I really followed the way that, you know, I was praying, my life would be so different than it is right now. So thank God that he doesn't always respond to our requests, but he does respond to our needs. Otherwise, Jesus would have been there had he listened to the request. He would have been over there with the disciples pumping water out of the boat Mm -hmm. instead of stopping the storm. But that's exactly what he did. He raised his hand, said, peace, be still, and it stopped immediately. The wind stops and the waves stopped and everything was calm. Mm -hmm. And let's read the next verse. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? So, then to summarize it, what does he say? He looks at them and he says, Why are you afraid? Where is your faith? What's he saying to them? What he is saying to them is that if you had confidence, if you believed or you really had faith, you could have stopped the storm. I didn't have to get up. You could have done it because you ha- it's, it's the faith that does it. It's that confidence in God's power that does it. And of course, they missed the point completely. They were like, oh, what kind of a man is this who's able to stop the storm? But then the Bible says that greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. The Bible says that, you know, the, our hope of glory is that Christ is within us. And because Christ is within us, whatever he does, we can do too. And so what he's saying to them at this point is, if you really had the confidence, if you really believed, if you really had the faith, then you could have done this for yourself. You could have seen, you could have asked God to do it. You could have prayed. You don't have to go to, you don't have to wait for me to come and do it. You can go do it. And I think that's, um, that's another lesson for each one of us to know that we, God has given us that power. God's given us that authority to work miracles in his name and to pray for things to be done. You know, we don't have, sometimes when we face difficulties, we're like, oh, let me go to the pastor and ask him to pray for me. Or, oh, let me go to the church and, you know, get them to lay hands on me and pray. Or, you know, that I need to, I need to, you know, find the elders and, you know, let them do it for me because I can't face this on my own. I can't do it. But all of us are children of God. And that power is not just given to people of authority. That power is not just given to, you know, pe- people who are pastors or leaders or teachers who we look at and we say, these guys are spiritual people. No, that power is given to everyone because they are a child of God. And if you see in uh, the, the book of Ephesians, you know, uh, Paul is saying that I really hope you realize that your number one calling is the calling of a child of God. And as a child of God, you are blessed with all spiritual blessings. You have all spiritual riches. You have all power, all wisdom, all revelation. That is your inheritance as a child of God because God gave that to you. And you don't have to go to a church building to get it. You don't have to go anywhere to get it. You just have to say, Lord, I am your child. You come through for me. 
and God will do it. And that's what Jesus is saying. You didn't even have to wake me up. You didn't have to come to me. I'm not, I am not the guy. Yes, I am God in the flesh. But at the same time, if you had the faith, God would do the miracle for you as well. And so it's something to know. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter whether you consider yourself spiritual or not. If you're a born again child of God, if you have the spirit living within you, which you do, if you've given your life over to the Lord, and the Bible says, as many as received him, he gives power to become children of God, then that is your inheritance. And it's your inheritance to be able to ask the Lord to come through for you. And he will. Not because you're anybody great, but because you're his child. And he loves you. And if he doesn't come through for you in exactly the way that you want, just know that he's not responding to the request. He's responding to the need. And it's going to be beyond anything that you ever could have imagined. So just to summarize, when you hit the storms of life, when they show up unexpectedly, don't worry because life always has unexpected storms. You know, we're not given a, a calendar saying that on this day, this particular time, something will happen. No, it always happens. But take heart that it happens to everybody in this world. It's not just you. Everybody in this world is facing difficulties. Everybody in this world is suffering. You know, no one holds the monopoly on suffering. Everybody has, is facing it in some way. And so, what a privilege it is to be able to face suffering as children of God. What a privilege it is to know that in whatever we face, we can be more than conquerors because we have Jesus in us. And as that very uh, famous um, song by Joseph Scriven says, he says, you know, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. We have something that no one else in this world has, the ability to take the problems to our Father. So the second thing to do is remember that Jesus is there with you. He's promised to never leave you nor forsake you. The famous story of the footprints. Why is there only one set of footprints in the sand? Because Jesus is carrying you. He's getting you through that difficult time. He's not leaving you. Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Paul says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature can separate us from the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus. Jesus is there with you in your most difficult circumstance, in your happiest moments, in your darkest night. Whether you're up in heaven or in the depths of hell, Lord is there. And remember, you can be at peace. The Bible says, What time I afraid I will trust in thee? Because your peace does not come from this world. Your peace does not come from anything. Your peace comes from God. And if you have that peace and confidence, no matter what the situation is, no matter what you see with your five senses, God is going to come through for you. And you can still have that peace and know that even if everything seems to be going wrong, God is in control and he's working it out because he is your father. And as your father and he is your child, you can claim the miracle for God to come through. You can claim and really believe that God will answer. And he will. And he might not answer to your specific request. He might not get in there and start pumping water out of your boat. But he'll respond to the need. And in his good time, in his good way, because you are his child, he will stop the storm. And thank you so much, David Karan. Wow, what a great class. 
If you thought so too, then please be sure to share it with others and recommend that they subscribe to this channel. We're posting two new podcasts every week. And besides that, there's a variety of close to 200 devotional videos for you to enjoy on this channel. Till next time, this is Chris Glynn signing out and may God bless and keep you safe and in perfect peace in the midst of the storm. Bye-bye. Thank you.